It's Terry from No Crumbs Left. I'm excited for you to hear this episode with Aubrey Johansson from That's What She Eats. We are both connected by our love of all things rainbow. We talked a lot about food and trusting the universe. Can't wait for you to hear the episode and be sure to let me know what you think. From Noel Crumbs Left, and I'm delighted to invite our next guest, Aubrey Johansson, from What She Eats, a name which right away you were going to be friends, but um, welcome to the show. Thanks, Terry. I'm so excited to be here. Delighted to have you. I'm trying to think how we first sort of became acquainted. I mean, first of all, I know that you and I are both love of all things rainbow. Yes. Um, and we have just that love of rainbow and the way that we're connected. And so, I mean, I think in a way that's part of the story of how we got introduced to each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always think of you like the Oprah of the food blogging world. Like there's just something really like magical about you. You know, every time I turn on your stories or I'm looking at your posts, I feel like you're getting a car and you're getting a plate and like all of these like fabulous things. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's just something really joyful about following you. And I'm so glad to have been doing it for a few years now. And yeah, we do. We do love all things rainbow. Um, maybe we connected when Instagram did the kind comments campaign a few years ago, and I got to speak about that. Um, some of those things in there, both avid spindrift lovers. I mean, you know, what else? Who doesn't love spindrift? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I remember, you know, seeing you somewhere and just being, you know, seeing you somewhere. And of course, for our world, that means on social media. Um, and I know at some point we're going to get a chance to meet in person. Um, but seeing you somewhere and just being, you know, very, you just, that you're being so, so self-possessed, so amazing. And, um, you know, my daughter is queer and I know that you're in the LGBT community. And I think that that also just created a connection for us because you're, you know, we both care about what are the ways that we can be shining a bright light on, on the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really, I feel like now a days it's really common to see people sharing so much about their lives um, in the community um, to be proudly gay. And it's so exciting to see that. Um, I don't think social media has always been that kind of space for everyone. So it's been super, you know, great to see the change. But I feel like, you know, a few years ago to really see someone, especially a mother sharing, you know, so much pride and passion for their queer child is like, oh my God, this is fabulous. Like, I want to be a part of that. I want to feel good and like shine in that light too. And having other accounts and other people sharing like so much um, acceptance and love and warmth in that community gives, gives me a voice too, you know, to share in my personal journey as well. And I don't know, it's been the evolution of um, queer culture on social media has, has really been fun to be a part of and watch grow. You know, when I was growing up, if you use the word queer, it of course had a negative, it really had a negative connotation. And so, 
you know, what, one of the things I really love about Lucy's generation, and Lucy is, um, it's the Lucy show, formerly No Crumbs Left Kid, um, is that the reclaiming of queer and what that means. And I know it's uncomfortable. I have actually somebody in my family who is gay. And when the word queer is used, it's actually a challenge for him because he really sees it as a negative. Um, but, you know, for me that it's been reclaimed as it's just as very empowering and as a positive, I, you know, I love that. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, taking ownership of words uh, definitely is, is a big deal. And I'm trying to think maybe about like, when did I feel super, super comfortable kind of being out and proud about myself, especially on Instagram. Um, I think I used, I used to say things like, oh, my sexuality is like not the coolest thing about me. Like I was desperately trying to make other people feel comfortable with who I was. Um, I never wanted to, you know, isolate anybody or like push the envelope. I just wanted to be seen like everybody else. And while my love is very similar to straight love, like um, there's something really special about sharing the differences in my life and like why being a lesbian and being out and proud is very special. You know, it doesn't have to be this like taboo thing. It doesn't have to be anything other than what it is. You know, it's just pretty plain and simple. Like I love a woman. I'm getting married to a woman um, in 2021, which is very exciting. I'm thrilled to be planning a wedding and well, kind of, you know, like half and half, it's a strange time to be planning a wedding, but in the most part, you know, it's been, it's been a really great experience and kind of sharing that. And I don't know, maybe you hear from people as well when you share about Lucy and your life, like the appreciation people feel, you know, that to feel like they have support in you and you're in their corner, you know, you're sharing this, this light with other people. And um, I know it helps people like me as well want to share my story. Absolutely. You know, in the beginning, I would, you know, there'd be Lucy and then there'd be Lucy or, you know, CC, her girlfriend. And it didn't ever go, and this is Lucy and she's a lesbian or whatever, it, whatever it is that Lucy is. Um, but it would, people would say, well, oh gosh, um, I think people were shocked that I didn't felt that I needed to say something about it. And so the podcast actually came because a lot of people said, what was Lucy's coming out story? And the interesting part was that Lucy really didn't have a big coming out story and, and well, you can listen in season, you know, in season one, the first one to hear about it. But at some point she said to me when she was at school, and I always wondered growing up, you know, when I say growing up, it's like I'm the same person as Lucy, <laughs> not to say we're codependent or anything. Um, but when she was growing up, I always sort of wondered if Lucy wouldn't turn out to prefer women. I, I just, there was something I saw in her. So I remember when she was in high school asking her, oh, are you, there was a particular girl that I really thought she had a crush on and saying, do you have a crush on this person? And she said, I, I said, do you have romantic feelings? And she said, absolutely not. But I actually could see as her mother that in fact she did. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I, was, I was really off there. I just wanted to ask the question. And then when she went to school, at some point she said, I have a date this week, both with a girl and with a guy. And I said, oh, okay, well, you know, let me know what happens. And in a way that was that moment, you know, when, when, when she said something, um, it turned out, you know, that she preferred the girl, um, which wasn't CC, but you know, that's another story. Um, and I, that's really how we came to do the podcast because people said, we'd really like to hear that story. And Joe actually 
reached out to us and said, would you like to come do a podcast about it? I, I tell you the truth, I didn't really know what a podcast means, but we were like, okay. And we didn't want to have the conversation, you know, on Instagram live where you have some haters and let's face it, that yeah. happens, you know, you know, saying to Lucy, are you a boy? You know, are you lesbian? Someone saying, are you lesbian, L-E-S-B-A-N um, and all of that. So we got to have it in a way. And I mean, truthfully, Lucy schooled me. It was a beautiful podcast, touched me so deeply. And she really schooled me on so many things. Um, but how does it show up? Like, I love that you're out and proud. I freaking love that. I love that about you it is the thing that is like, you are shining light. And I love when anybody's out and proud about who they are, whatever that means, you know? Yeah. Um, but how does that show up on your page? You know, in ways that are there ways that it shows up that isn't fabulous for you, even if it's still fabulous because you're fabulous. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, sometimes. So some fabulous things. I think one of the first times that I felt super excited to share and like, I guess I didn't really realize that people kind of thought of me in this light as like, you know, um, an advocate and like, as you know, even being an ally in the community, um, Instagram did this kind comments campaign and picked my city. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I've been living in Tampa for a little over a year, but I still view Cleveland as my home, but they picked Cleveland as one of five cities to, um, paint a mural and two local artists painted this beautiful, love dove kind of mural and I call them the gay birds. <laughs> they, they're very cute. But anyways, um, Instagram came to Cleveland and asked me to speak and it was during pride month. And I was kind of surprised, honestly, that they, they had known enough about my page and like my personal life to see, oh, well, Aubrey could speak on behalf of the community. And it was such a cool, like, it was such a cool experience. I was so honored. And I think that was a real pivotal moment for me that helped me stand kind of in my own two feet in my sexuality and kind of feeling like this is impact, you know, to, to shed light on my community, to show change. Um, it was just really cool to be included. And now, you know, we're coming out of election season and there's so many, I feel like election season this year on social media, there's just so much information everywhere. I feel like there was an opportunity to learn a lot more than I ever expected. Um, I paid attention a lot more this year than I have ever focused on politics and, you know, share using my platform to share, you know, voting information and where you can vote and how you can vote by mail and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I got some feedback from people that wasn't great, you know, and I feel like when, when political issues really affect your personal life and like your love life and your ability to, get married and all of those things, you know, you're very conscientious about what you believe and what you're sharing. And people would say to me things like, stick to food. I'm not here for your opinions, you know, like really like blase stuff or like <clears throat> anti-religious things, you know, that I'm a sinner. And of course, um, I just always kind of laugh at that. My father's an Episcopal minister. I was raised in the church and I was always raised to know that I'm loved no matter who I love. And um, tidbit, my dad's like 87 years old. I'm adopted, by the way, if you're wondering how that works. Um, and when I came out, you know, my dad was very honest with me that whoever made me, um, made me to, to love and to be loved. And that, that's something that it was really important to me. And I want to share that. But, you know, sometimes no matter what it is, whether it's my sexuality, like who I'm loving, um, 
what size jeans I wear. You know, it's like people are always going to have something to say. And so far, nothing has broken me. That's not a dare to anyone. <laughs> like, please don't come for me. But um, so far, it's been pretty decent. I feel like the people who who either bully or say something, I think they're either having a really bad day or they just don't know. Maybe they don't know anyone in their life who is openly gay. They don't love anyone who might be affected by things. So I've tried to show a little bit of grace and empathy and move on with my life. Yeah, it's been a challenging year. You know, I um, don't, you know, I think people who know me probably figure out where I fall politically. I don't certainly, you know, shove it down anyone's face, but <clears throat> there has been some speaking out this year because, um, because you know, it's certainly felt necessary. To me, as a mother of a, you know, of a, a queer child, I have trans member in my family also. Um, you know, for me, there was only one way to go. And I did a post, you know, saying I voted today and I'm really excited about, it. and what I said at the end was as a mother of an LGBTQ plus kid, for me, there's only one option. I made a choice not to allow comments on it because I really wasn't, you know, I know that 99% of the people are going to be like, we got you, we love you. And then there's going to be a Franny, you know, mm -hmm. and of course we, we had, we had Franny gate. And so there is going to be a bit of that someone to come over someone who, by the way, I, I don't even really believe they're following me, but I think they've seen me probably make a comment somewhere. They know that I'm probably not, you know, the truth for me is it's not that I would go one way or another way, or I would have to be labeled as this or that. I, I would vote for a candidate. That's just where I come from. Yeah. You know, my family was more probably Republican by nature, but my dad always voted candidate and my dad went each way. And the thing I loved about my dad is he always donated to both parties because he knew that he needed to. So I didn't grow up in a family of rhetoric where it was like, you must do it this way. My family wasn't that way at all. And even in my own family, we've got, we've got everybody on the spectrum in terms of politics. We're not all, you're not all one way. Uh, but certainly when someone comes for my kid, you know, and I know people do, and Lucy's very out, you know, there's no question she's an advocate. When she, when we did first did the podcast and she was so eloquent, mostly I just, I really didn't say a thing. I just realized this is really who she is. Her dharma is really to be an ally, to speak in this way. And especially for, you know, people younger than her to say, you know what, there's people that look like me and I'm up here doing my thing and you're going to be okay. So important. Um, so there is, you know, you get those haters and it is, it can be a challenge. I'm not one to go around blocking everyone. I'm like, if you want to be here, great. And if by the same token, my page doesn't give you joy. So many fabulous pages, take a break. You know, I'm not going to come find you and say, why aren't you following me anymore? Uh, but I am going to be who I am. And, and I'm not going to stay in, I'm not going to be told to stay in my lane because that, that, you know, Dom Nampaley and I who had an entire podcast about it because I'm not going to just stay in my lane. I am a multi-laned gal. Yes. I'm a mother, I'm a cook, I'm a friend, you know, um, I, I'm all those things and I'm going to be all those things. And if it's, if it's okay with people, great, but it's okay for me if it's not. I love that. I wanna, I'm going to bring right, this right back to you and we'll be back in just a minute. Lucy, where did you just go? We were in the middle of something. Okay, I, this isn't a joke. We're recording the ad about Spindrift and I'm really excited about it, but it, I feel like I'm getting parched. And I had to go grab a spin drift. <laughs> like my mouth was watering. It just didn't feel fair. And now I'm sipping this sweet, sweet, lovely, beautiful. That's raspberry lime. It's raspberry lime. It's such a good flavor. And it's, if you put some vodka in it, it might be even better, but it's great alone too. Okay. My favorites, of course, are pineapple and the cranberry raspberry. Um, and I love grapefruit. 
and I'm a regular on the lemon as well. Let's go. So I'm back with Aubrey Johansson from What She Eats. And what were you going to say there? Um, so first of all, I want to say it's That's What She Eats. So it's like one one thing. Sorry. Anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Why, do people get your name wrong? Because I, I find myself going, when I'm searching for you, is it That's What yeah. She Eats? Is it What She Yeah. It's That's What She Eats. Sometimes people will message me and say like, is this a joke from the office? Because Michael Scott's always saying, you know, that's what she said. And I do love the office. Um, I'm honored to be thought in the same thought bubble as that. But I just, I don't know. I did a name change like three or four years ago when I thought, wow, I could make this like a quote unquote brand. Um, and that's what she eats. You know, what does she eat? What's she up to? So yes, sometimes people do get it wrong, but there's always like a question, like, where did that come from? Who knows? Um, but yeah, I was going to say about staying in our own lane. Um, I fully agree with that. I, when I posted my engagement announcement, you know, I'm, I'm a human, first of all, like I'm a person and I, I share my food, which is so much a part of my life and, you know, my career, but I also share some parts of, of my personal life, my animals, my fiance. And someone was like, oh my God, I can't believe that you're gay and all this stuff. I was like, where have you been? Like, honestly, where have you been? Because you must not engage with me. And I don't expect people to be like fully immersed in my life. You know, there are more important things than my day. But if you don't know that I am, you know, in a serious relationship with a woman, uh, I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> did she bring it to the comments right on the page so everyone else could see also? Yeah, she did, which is always kind of interesting. People um, yeah. in community really rally behind, which is really oh, nice to yeah. see. Yeah. And sometimes, I'm just like, oh, I roll. I don't want to even like read about this or just move on from the day. But to see, circling back to what you said about staying in your own lane and being multifaceted, um, I think there was, you know, a big responsibility on people with platforms to share so much going on this year because for a long time, you know, politics are taboo and we don't talk about such and such. And this year it was like, no, we're human beings. Like these things affect all of us. Why can't we not have conversations? Why can't we share things that are so, that we're passionate about, you know? Like, I don't really care that you're having toast for breakfast today. Like, there's a large election going on. What are you doing? Are you voting? Did you vote by mail? Are you talking to your neighbors? Like, what's going on? And even with the whole year and COVID, you know, there's just a, there's a lot going on. And I relate to people who are sharing the hard parts of life right now in a really realistic way. Not to say that toast for breakfast isn't great. I really love toast. It's probably my buzzword of 2020, but yes, multifaceted, like let's be people, let's share human things. Yeah, so important, you know, and I think this year more than ever, you know, I, I remember actually listening to, it was the Primal Gourmet and he said on his page, you know, when it just became such a year for social justice, a lot of you are telling me, you know, followers are telling me to stay in my lane. But what I want to say is, is that I, I'm not looking for followers. I'm looking for leaders. Hmm. And I, I, like, it was so, it was just really profound. And I love that. And it's like, you know, this is the year of like, this is who I am. And if you like me, great. If you don't, you know, it, it's okay too, you know, but I think it's, we all have to be who we are and how could we just be in our homes, just, you know, talking about furniture or only talking about food when, 
you know, there's a lot of life that's living and we're living in such uncertain times and sharing that, you know, sharing that, sharing that burden, talking about it and being able to be like, I mean, every week I do a newsletter, it's Friday favorites, you know, I mean, this year I had a place that I love burned down. It's like, you know, I'm walking around and the truth is, you know, I'm hurting, you know, I, it, I'm definitely grieving. I mean, this is the weirdest thing, but the other night I woke up in the middle of the night, you know, if you follow me, you know, my mother gone 20 years and I literally woke up in a cold panic and thought, my mother is dead. My mother is dead. And I thought, who will I call? What will I do? Well, you know, when your mother first dies, of course, you, you have that happen. Usually 20 years into it, you're not having that moment. But I think it's a complete thing of the stress that this year has been and feeling that sort of, you know, that, that we're grieving that all of us, none of us have been untouched by what's going on in the world right now. Anyway, sorry to just completely break down and cry, but I'm that kind of person. I'm a crier. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that is relatable. And what you said is so true. There's not a single person who has not been affected in some way by this, this year, this tornado year. So it's refreshing to see somebody cry, especially, you know, on social media, we see people and it, we always say like, it's a highlight reel, you know, but you look at someone and think, oh my God, they really have it all together. Like they really have every single part of their life together. And it's easy to get down on ourselves and think, oh, well, shoot, I haven't even folded the laundry that's been in the dryer for like two weeks now, you know, like how, how am I supposed to make homemade chicken broth? I can't fold my socks, Terry. <laughs> so it's refreshing. Oh, I feel my whole life is, is basically, especially when I'm in Michigan, when Roy and I are at the cabin, it's like doing dishes, doing laundry. And because it's such a small space, there's no, there's no delaying anywhere. There's nothing to stick, you know, anything anywhere. One thing I want to say, and I love about your pages, I do love that honesty where people come over and, and there was something like in real life, it's whatever, but then there's your dog and then there is something crumpled all over. And at first I'm like, what is that? Is it glass? What's there? And then you see it's, yes. it's that your yeah, dog has chewed off um, a quarter of the door. Yeah, that was, that was quite the experience to come home to. I mean, we got we rescued Pearl. She's a great Pyrenees mix. So she's like an 80 pound puppy and she doesn't want to be in a crate, which I don't blame her. So we like sectioned her into our master bathroom, which is really spacious. We put our other dog queso in there and I came home and <laughs> there was like a hole in the bathroom door. I could see her head through the door. I'm like, Oh my God. And so when you think, you know, when you think you see someone on social media who has it all together, just know that there is a dog who has eaten their bathroom door <laughs> behind uh, behind closed doors. So beyond all of that, I know that you are a private chef, a personal chef. Yeah. And course, what I love is that people love to eat. But tell me, tell me a little bit about that. What what are you doing? How do you do it? And how has it worked this year? Has it affected your business? Right. So um, I'm a personal chef. I have several client families in the Tampa area that I've been very fortunate to connect with. Um, honestly, thanks to the grace of social media. And um, what do I do? So I do it all. You're as a, somebody, somebody messaged me once and said, um, you know, do you do all the shopping or does the company that you work for do all the shopping or something like that? And I was like, you're looking at the company I work for. Like it's, it's me. I do all the menu planning. Um, I do all the grocery shopping, taking it there, all the prep work, the cooking, cleaning up, making sure the kitchen is spotless when I leave, stocking the fridge, leaving instructions on how to reheat, and then lather, rinse, repeat. So um, I'm a personal chef for some professional athletes, which is really fun and kind of um, 
kind of like high pressure situation sometimes, you know, there's, there's strict guidelines on their nutritional goals, what they're eating in and out of season. I work hand in hand with some of their, um, their team, like nutritionists. So that's helpful because I am not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I just am a wizard in the kitchen. So um, getting kind of insight for them is great. But so weekly, I'll send a menu. It depends on the size of the family, what they usually eat. Some families I do breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. Some families I just do individual portions of dinner. And then the menus change every week. And people ask me, how do you, you know, how do you create a new menu every week? How do you stay creative with what options? And some families have favorites that they'll request and swap in, no problem. But when I'm thinking a menu, I'm trying to like think around the world. So if they're going to have Italian one night and they're going to have Mexican one night, we're going to do Mediterranean, we're going to do Indian food. And then I use it kind of like a Tetris puzzle. We'll put in chicken here, we'll do turkey, we'll do salmon. And then what starches? We're going to do some quinoa, some sweet potatoes, you know, and I just kind of fill in the menu bubble. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're, they're truly eating around the world and it's something new every single week. It works for me at least. You also end up cooking at your home and dropping off or mostly you do it at their home. I do it all at their home. Yeah. So um, it's easier for me that way. And also like I have pets at home, so it's not the most conducive to cooking and sending out. And I'm so lucky that my clients invite me into their home every week and especially with COVID. So um, I wear a mask everywhere I go, obviously big on washing my hands and all of my ingredients, but no one's home when I'm there. So I am completely alone. Um, I've had a lot of COVID tests this year to just make sure that my health is in check and very thankful to have great health all year. Haven't really been anywhere and that's okay, but my business has, has thrived and I'm very thankful. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of like extra brain space for much this year. People don't know what they want to eat. They're tired. <laughs> they have to work. They're emotionally spent from being on Zoom calls and like just dealing with everything in life. And um, I fortunately linked up with some, some awesome people who let me take care of that decision making for them. And um, it's been interesting with my athletes who, you know, different travel schedules due to seasons and whatnot, but um, they've made it easy on me to follow protocol, so. So how did you, I know you recently moved. Did you just take the leap of faith and move and say, I'm gonna wind up with clients? I mean, because that's, that's a big leap of faith. Yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. So um, my fiance and I moved from Cleveland and Megan moved here with a job. They, she works for a nonprofit, she's a sports director and they brought her down here. And it was kind of perfect. My parents live in the area. They retired to Florida um, two or three years ago. They live in assisted living. And um, I don't know, I just wanted to be near them in their older age, you know? And uh, this year we joke that we moved all this way to be near my parents who we haven't seen. You know, their, their living center has been very strict, no one in or out but no one's been sick and I'm not going to complain um, with the elderly community. You know, we have to do our best to protect them as much as possible. So I'm very thankful that they have stayed in good health and that we have FaceTime and whatnot. But um, I moved here with kind of just like a fingers crossed kind of mentality, which I feel like I use a lot in my life. Like whatever you believe, whether it's like God or some sort of like universal thing, I always know that like my higher power has got me like, there is something up there with a plan and I'm just, I'm just moving around. Like I'm a pawn in the plan. So 
I came here and connected with another personal chef on social media. And she actually was cooking for an influencer dinner I got invited to. And I went, I usually don't go. I'm not really the best at small talk, but I thought, okay, I have not been out of the house in a few months now. This is like last year. My dogs are sick of me talking to them. Like it is time to interact with humans. And so I went and I connected with Alex and she was so wonderful. And I thought, yes, I made a friend, you know, it's like making friends as an adult in a new city is brutal. Like, where do you do it? At the grocery store? You're like, Ooh, nice apples. Do you want to hang out? <laughs> like, so anyways, I was like, yes, we're your friends. And then she asked me to get coffee the next week and said, so I'm moving to Philly. <laughs> I was like, no. But then, you know, she said, I have some clients who are free. Um, do you want them? And so I shadowed her, her for like two weeks. Turns out we had the exact same cooking style and it was super seamless and it just clicked, you know, like things like that happen um, at the right time. And I, I don't take credit for it in any way. I was just kind of like open and willing to the experience. And I'm so thankful that it worked out. And then connections from there, you know, word of mouth always works. And when I moved here, I just had a few like sponsored content things planned for the year, some of my blog work, um, but I had a feeling it would work out and it really did. So I'm very, very thankful. And I'm so glad you took that leap of faith. And I think that's what it is so often is that we have to take these leaps of faith. Um, and that's sort of how No Crumbs Left has happened all along is just taking leaps of faith, doing the next right thing, sort of trusting what information you get and acting on it and knowing that it'll be okay. And this year, I think more than ever, it's, it's like, it's sometimes I get out of that flow where it's like, you know, we're in this world and so much is happening. And then I just have to, you know, bring myself back to center. I have on, on Tuesday nights, I always have a healing session with a woman that I've done some work with for years and she's, you know, the real deal. Um, and, but we've been doing it virtually. And last night, you know, I said to her, oh my gosh, I just kind of feel like my energy's everywhere. And she said, Terry, it is. She said, it's so diluted. It's absolutely everywhere. So she said, I want to do a process where we're going to call all of your energy home. Mm. When I want to tell you physically, I went from feeling one way to like, it just, my heart started beating. And I said to her at some point, Abby, my heart is beating so fast. She said, she said what she was doing was calling all of my energy that's out in. And then she said, and all of other people's out. So she said, what's coming off you is almost, it's like a mudslide. It's just, it's coming off. And I was like, my heart is beating so fast. And afterwards <clears throat> I said, I feel so different. And I said, I, this is what's been going on for me is that my energy is kind of so spread and in so many places and sort of, you know, but I said, my only fear is that I'm going to somehow call the energy home for my kids and it's going to injure them. That's what I'm afraid is. And she said, no, it's going to be okay. So then I said to her every week on Tuesday, when, when I see you, this is what we should do the very first thing. So, I mean, that's a story about, you know, we got to take care of ourselves, you know, really we calling our energy home when we need to. Um, it's very profound and trusting and acting, you know, on what we, the information we get, it, you know, to me, I've lived my whole life that way. I've made a lot of decisions and a lot of turns because in my gut, you know, I feel like it's an important thing. My dad always told us, he said, trust your gut. I mean, I grew up in that kind of family. I love that. Yeah, absolutely can relate to everything that you just said. I just think um, when I get caught up trying to control like too many moving pieces of my life, that's when I, that's when I lose control. And when I can just kind of center myself, um, 
things happen, you know, things naturally happen. And I, I started meditating this year and I always thought that was kind of like, woo woo, you know, it would just like, wasn't for me. And it's so for me, it's so for everyone, but it, it just gives me a few minutes every day to really come back to my breath and to surrender, you know, to surrender to the fact that I am not in control here. I don't have to be in control and I can just, I can just let things come, let things come as they may and trusting your gut, of course, but take some of the pressure off, you know, some of the weight off of your shoulders to just constantly feel like life has to be like just so regimented. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a bona fide control freak, <laughs> what I can tell you is of course, easier said than done, but, and how do you meditate? What, what is your format that you use? I use the Calm app. Um, I really like it. So I'll do it in the morning or at night, right before I go to bed. And there's a ton of free resources out there um, as well. But I really, really like that app. And is that the one that has the same woman, woman kind of narrating all of the different things? Yes, she yeah. does a ton of them. And then there's like a few people who do stories, um, like LeBron James did a sleep story. And I haven't listened to anybody else. But yeah, her voice is absolutely wonderful. Here's the funny thing for me. She drove me crazy. Oh, no. <laughs> but her voice, and I just want to say allegedly, anyways, it drove me. I was like, is she doing all of them? All of them? So anyways, apparently, I'm, I'm going to be listening to Debbie Brown on okay. the Deepak Chopra app. That's my thing I've committed to. Um, I'll write that down. Okay. Give us a little tip as a professional chef. What can we do at home, whether it's repurposing leftovers or... You know, how do we pull together something? Because we know it's hard, you know, with so much going on. Yeah, for sure. I think um, repurposing leftovers is my favorite thing. And that's something I really love when I come to your page is just seeing how you use every single piece of something. You know, it's like we had this for dinner last night. We're going to turn it into something equally fabulous because I hear from people so often that they don't want to eat leftovers. They want to eat the same meal all week. And I don't blame them. Um, so for me, if I make something, you know, with like a chicken situation, I'm thinking the rest of the week, especially when there's only like two of us in the house, like, how are we going to eat this chicken all week? And we might do roasted chicken one night and then add some buffalo sauce and stuff it in a sweet potato or add it to a jar of tikka masala sauce and put it on a pizza crust, you know, throughout the week, just to re, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but we can reinvent like small pieces of our meal throughout the week to kind of get us through. I've eaten a lot of toast this year. I don't know why I keep coming back to toast, but um, to know that also like not every meal that we make has to be super elaborate, just getting something on the table that makes us feel kind of like nourished and something warm is, is good. And it's like, okay, to not compare, you know, always to seeing like that beautiful photo finish. And to try new things. Somebody asked me the other day, like for a really good tip for a beginner. And I said, why don't you try a new spice blend? I feel like so often we get kind of like in our rut of just like salt, pepper, and garlic, which is so delicious. But if you're looking to switch things up, maybe when you're in the store checking out the spice aisle and finding that new garmasala blend, or you want to do like an adobo, extra oregano, just trying something new to kind of like spice. <laughs> quote unquote, spice things up, if you will. Yeah, I feel that way about sumac. I'm a person who loves sumac. I, you know, I always say, if you want to inexpensively redo your kitchen, go get some sumac because it is good on everything. And it's such a, 
you know, user-friendly. There are some spices where it's like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to like that. But sumac is just, it's lemony, it's bright. And speaking of a recipe that you're going to want to do and then repurpose, I've got a new recipe coming up with Maiden, and it's a pork roast. It's a center-cut pork roast, boneless, with fat on it, that, that provided a person doesn't overcook, which, by the way, it's easy to do. It takes about an hour or less. It is so freaking delicious. And, and you know, I made it yesterday. It's, like, so juicy. And, like, today we're, like, slicing it, and what are we going to do with it? And it's the kind of thing you're going to love and your clients will love because it's just juicy and delicious and you can have it the first day at dinner, but then you can have it the next day as sandwiches or a salad or, you know, we're like, we're thinking, what are we going to do with the pork? We're so excited. That sounds so good. What time can I come over for dinner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We wish we were living in a day that you could. And you were closer when you were in Ohio. I know. I love Chicago so much and I can't wait to come back. I actually flew in in like February for Chicago restaurant week. And um, I had so many so many high hopes that we'd be there in the summer and we get to do this podcast in person, but hopefully, hopefully another year soon. And now we've, we've, we pivoted. I mean, I, they, they had to take me kicking and screaming. <laughs> we pivoted and we're doing it, you know, and it all works out. So remind us where we can find you. We can find you on the gram. Yeah. Right? You can find me on Instagram at that's what she eats. And then you can find me on my blog. That's what she eats.com. And if your people are looking for a personal chef, they, they've got to be somewhere in the Tampa area, right? Yeah, somewhere in the Tampa area would be absolutely phenomenal. Tampa, St. Pete, um, yeah, somewhere on that bridge. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I, I was just so fun to kind of really get to know each other. And um, I'm, I'm so excited for the, when is the wedding? September 2021. Yes, in Cleveland. It'll be very small and intimate and just really looking forward to it. We're going to share great food with some friends and family. Love it. I mean, September for me is like a, just, it's a a lucky month. It was my mother's birthday. My son, Patrick and uh, my Lucy are all September. So I'm, I'm, September is a lucky time for me. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Big love. And people should absolutely come over and find you and see what you're doing. Thanks, Terry. It's Terry from No Crumbs Left signing off. Be sure to come find me on Instagram, Pinterest, the blog, or Facebook, and definitely follow along here and get every episode.